people forget this. If you don't live on the West Coast, you may not know this, or if you're young, how big the Niners are. The Niners have been good on the West Coast since the 60s, so their their fan base it's also not that far away from Los Angeles. Los Angeles is a very transient town. There are yeah. large pockets of NFL fans from different organizations here in L.A. It's like on the West Coast, it's never been a Rams coast or a Seahawks coast or a Chargers coast. It's been a Raider and 49er coast for my life. Yeah, those starter jackets. Yeah. The 4 O'Clock Football Frenzy is presented by Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans. Call him now at 702-577-2600. Calvert today, Joy Taylor, not exactly accurate. And it's never been a Rams coast. It has, but, you know, you kind of destroy your fan base when you leave town, go to St. Louis. You come back. You've lost now 25 years of developing fans, and you've got some bitter older fans. So it'll be a little while longer. And the Niners do have a, a strong fan base. Um, I do think we need to be careful in terms of describing Rams versus Niners fan bases. Uh, L.A. and San Fran don't like each other. So eventually the Rams fans will be back in force, and it won't be as easy to get tickets uh, like it was in this case for 49er fans. <laughs> So if you missed the news earlier, it's now official. Really started to kind of roll out Friday into Saturday, and then Sunday is when it was reported that Josh McDaniels would be the new head coach of the Raiders, OC, from the Patriots, has an interesting background, super young guy when the Broncos hired him, and that turned out to be an utter flop on many fronts, which we'll get into. Took the Colts job and then backed out at the last minute. A lot of the Belichick tree has been an utter disaster outside of Bill O'Brien who a lot of people think, hey, he won, but even he fell short of you know delivering on expectations with Deshaun Watson as a quarterback. The tree combined, head coaches, has a 410 winning percentage. So, And, you know, second-chance coaches, there's been some, like Belichick, who have turned into good coaches. So some questions about Josh McDaniels. And you know what? Some of the most important questions are going to be coming from the Raiders players. Because hmm, it was weird yesterday as the news is starting to filter in. It's looking more and more like Josh McDaniels is going to be the head coach. Max Crosby sends out another message about Rich Pistachia. I thought we did this right after the loss in the playoffs. Derek Carr retweets it. More support for Pistachia. Apparently, Josh Jacobs sent something out that had a clenched teeth emoji. Deleted it. So, hey, this is what it is, man. It's, it's a weird situation. You don't see many. Well, really, there's never been one, right, Willie? Like Basaccia, where the guy's in it is an interim. Usually the interim, it's like, eh, the team sucks. He's just here to clean up the mess, finish things out. They made the playoffs with him. These players like him. Now, it is not the job of Mark Davis and his brain trust to only worry about what the players want. But I thought that was really interesting yesterday as – the news is becoming more and more certain that McDaniels is going to be your coach. Passaccia this, Passaccia that. Send. Retweet. Emoji with clenched teeth. Oops. Delete. A little weird. He's going to have to win the locker room. It's, it's, there's no doubt about it. And McDaniels said today that he had a long conversation with Derek Carr. Um, productive. Looking forward Working, uh, uh, he said he's looking forward to. I, it was interesting because I'm listening to this, and he says I'm looking forward to uh, meeting with him and talking with him more. And I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. And he did finally say, 
that he is the quarterback um, that can lead this team. So he did, you know, and I was waiting for that point because I'm listening to each word that they're saying very carefully, him and Ziegler, dancing around commitment to some of these players. Ziegler, he danced around uh, in one aspect in terms of making decisions with the roster and what they have to go into and see. But McDaniels was pretty definitive when it came to Derek Carr being the quarterback. And he said that he's looking forward to grow him. He says because he doesn't believe that no matter what point they're in their career, a quarterback can get better every single year. So he's getting looking forward to working with him more, um, sort of getting him better making him better. Obviously, we've you know seen him with who many consider the GOAT and what he did with Mac Jones, making Matt Cashel a high-prized prospect um, you know, with what he did for the Patriots. So uh, it's the rest of the team and the decisions that are going to be made by Ziegler and the conversations he has with McDaniels, obviously going over film and knowing what these guys are capable of doing, looking at contracts, looking who they want to keep around, looking at the defensive players, the key personnel that Gus Bradley, his guys. Now, let's not forget, if Bradley goes, let's say, could you imagine Basaccia, which is a whole other story, but Basaccia is set up to go interview in Jacksonville. What if he just ups and takes Bradley with him, the former coach of Jacksonville. But wherever Bradley lands, because he's going to get a job. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Colts are interested these in him. And if I'm if I'm Gus Bradley, I'm looking at the Colts personnel, and I'm like, well, I get to walk in and work with these guys? That sounds good. Well, uh, K.J. Wright, Denzel Perryman, Casey Hayward, they may want to go with him. They may not want to play here. They may want to go with him. So... Uh, the key personnel that helped improve a defense, they may be headed out. Um, and, you know, McDaniel probably has his, has his has an idea of what he wants to do. I'm sure that as this process um, came about, that him and Ziegler started talking immediately as to what they would do with the staff and who would come, who would go. So, yeah, there's going to be it, – it, it's, it, you know, they – Mark uh, Davis said it's not they're not rebuilding they're just sort of retooling it and but there's going to be some shakeup and they're going to have to make the right decisions. Rebels back on the floor tomorrow. Running Rebels that is against Reno at home. Promotions up the wazoo for the students. You got a student tailgate, free food from Raisin Cane's that'll start at five thirty. Uh, general public, bunch of food trucks out there. You know, they're really trying to build up the atmosphere, give you anything you can, right, in terms of incentive to go out to the games. Rebels are coming off a big win on Friday night. Listen, if if anything, go out and watch Bryce Hamilton because I was in Fort Collins and watched him score 42, as it turns out. They had a stat correction. 42 points, and the guy's been on fire the entire year. He's averaging, I think it's 24-9 in conference play. He is Awesome. It's a rivalry game, so it'll be nasty. Reno's coming off just a complete destruction where Steve Alford just said, that's one of the worst games I've ever seen in all of my stops. Like, those kids are going to be fired up. You know Reno loves beating UNLV, and of late, that's exactly what they've done. They've been dominant in this series. So it's a 7.30 start with a tip. You can get your tickets at UNLVtickets.com, and the uh, student tailgate, the general public tailgate, starts at 5.30 right there at the Thomas & Mac. 
Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans brings you the 4 o'clock football frenzy. Dial 702-577-2600 now. Home prices have never been higher and interest rates have never been lower. Get your mortgage tune-up today by calling 577-2600. It's great that it's here. I, I, if we were playing it, I didn't give a hell where it was. I mean, I don't give a where it is. I'm like, I just want to play in the dang thing. But uh, the fact that it's under this roof, uh, it's going to be awesome. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Studio. Quarterback's always the focus. I guess um, Tom Brady was just doing uh, some satellite with the uh, the great. He has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, Jim Gray. Um, and Brady was saying he hasn't decided yet. He's still going through the process. He's retired, okay? He's going to want to drag this out because he's got a bonus coming up with the Buccaneers, and I'm sure the Bucs are like, yeah, it's fine. We'll give you 15 mil. You decide when you want. You want us a Super Bowl, but can we stop with this? He's done. Dave Koken is up with us. Dave, you have any doubts that Brady is still thinking about it? Um, maybe 10%. Yeah. You know, I, I think he'd still like to play. I, I think he doesn't want to retire ever, but you know, maybe the realization that there are other things going on and his kids going to high school next year yep. and might want, might want to be closer to home all year round. And, you know, he is, what, 62? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, while he's ultra competitive, you know, I'm sure Sean Payton's ultra competitive, but Payton looked at the Saints and he's like, wait, what, $76 million over the cap? Okay, I think I'm going to take some time off. Now, yeah. Brady, Brady won't have that option, but Brady's got to be looking around the Buccaneers and he's like, you know, we ran it back one more time. We knew this was probably going to be it. Now we've got Godwin. We've got a bunch of other guys. Who may walk because they want to make the money they're supposed to make, and it, he, you know, the Bucks could be good, but not to the point where Brady feels real good about them winning another Super Bowl. Yeah, and by the way, his his last two plays uh, were a touchdown pass and a two point conversion. Right, not a bad way to go out. Yeah, not too bad. Uh, let's go through the AFC and NFC Championship. Uh, give me your narrative from the. The Rams and the Niners, because uh, people had a lot of thoughts on that game. Uh, you know, leading the way was McVay getting ripped for timeouts and some of his coaching, and then on the other side, Jimmy G just not, you know, not being able to make big throws when he needs to all the time. Uh, you know, it's no surprise with Jimmy G. He's he's a middle of the pack quarterback. That's that's all he is. I don't know why anybody has. At this point, you shouldn't be disappointed because he's established what he is. He's he's okay. He's a starting NFL quarterback, but he's not. Not the guy that's going to lead the team to a Super Bowl. He could be a, a, a complimentary piece. And in today's NFL, complimentary piece quarterbacks generally aren't going to, uh, aren't going to be standing when, when there's only two teams left. Uh, I thought the two challenges were pretty, de- pretty bad. They were terrible. Um, and you don't want to give away timeouts. Yep. But it worked out for them, and they're, they're moving on. So uh, the Rams are in, and the Bengals... <laughs> If, uh, if anybody wants to use the team of destiny thing, I don't know what that means. I've never known what that meant. But uh, they've got it right now. Burrow's playing tremendous football. Great comeback yesterday. Look, uh, you can say you thought the Bengals were going to come back when they were down as much as they were in the first half. But I, I think realistically, not many people thought uh, they had much of a chance at that point. Myself included. I didn't have a bet on the game. So I'm just sitting there going, well, I guess I should have bet the Chiefs. And then at the end, I was glad I didn't. Uh, the Bengals are legit, um, but the Rams do deserve to be favorites in the game, and I haven't really broken the game down yet. I do know the Stram system 
Uh, I didn't do a complete breakdown on it yet, but the Stram system is going to favor the Rams. What is that? Hank Stram came up with a Super Bowl formula many, many, many years ago. He wouldn't divulge what it is. Finally, all the elements were revealed, I think, basically after he died. Uh, And it's been phenomenal long term. I don't think it's been as good lately because the game has changed somewhat lately. But, I mean, it it basically never lost early on. It would pick the winner every year. I want to break down the Chiefs. Dave Koken's with us, wagertalk.com. Give me your take on the Chiefs, because uh, you can look at it a lot of ways. The defense, crap the bed. Patrick Mahomes just played, you know, too much of a high wire act. Or how about the offense make some adjustments if they're dropping eight? Pound them up front. You don't have to keep going with the same throw the ball all around the yard approach. Yeah, I thought there was just uh look, a lot of Mahomes' game is ad lib. Mm-hmm. And he's probably better at that aspect than anybody I've ever seen. But I thought there was too much of it yesterday. Uh, and I, I think they just went into, it's weird to say, but I think they went into panic mode because um, they were just horrible in the second half and horrible at the end of the game when it mattered most. Um, so, I don't know, you just, to me, I kind of look at it as just one of those games. It just happened at the wrong time. It was an AFC championship game. They're still really good, and I thought the tweet from the radio station, I guess it was, in Kansas City (laughs) yesterday was maybe the dumbest thing I've seen in a while on Twitter. I think it was a troll. It was a TV station. It was basically like, no one expected us to be here. We'll be back. And it had like everyone reacted like, everyone expected you to be here. (laughs) Cut it out. Hey, listen. Cut it out. This is the time of year when you will see some of the most absurd tweets as relates to football and betting in particular, then you'll then at any other time. We've already seen a slew of them, including one, I'll call him an idiot, because he did no research whatsoever, who published a tweet uh, about Jimmy Vaccaro placing a wager of over $200,000 yep. on somebody. And all he had to do was look at Jimmy's tweet and connect the dots. It was a duplicate ticket. If somebody's betting, they're not going to show a duplicate ticket because they don't get the duplicate ticket. They get the actual ticket. Right. Uh, and Jimmy's a bookmaker uh, at South Point. Uh, he, books a, he books all the big bets. <laughs> he does this all the time. It's, they're not his bets. And I think he had published one the day before on the opposite side. So, I mean, you're going to see a lot of that over the next two weeks. Yep. It's Rube season on, uh, on Twitter. Well, it's a, you know, gambling, sports gambling is a space that is now inhabited by a lot of people who've never covered it before. Um, so you're going to get a lot of misinformation. And that one's really bad because anyone who's, you know, who knows Jimmy knows what he does. And he's not publishing tickets that he's betting at 200K. I mean, it's just, it's just stupid. All right, give me, your, give me your initial reaction, Dave, off of gambling on what the Raiders have done here. I, I think they were talking to McDaniels you know, probably 10 days ago, and then it dried up for a little bit. And then they, they bring him in, and apparently they were just blown away by him and Ziggler, do you like the hire? Do you? I mean, it is fair to look at the resume and go, "Hey, Belichick guys haven't worked out." And McDaniel's wasn't good in his first year and three quarters as a coach in Denver. No, he wasn't. Uh, but you can argue that he might have better material to work with here. I think that's you know the Raiders have some really good pieces on this team. Yeah, and he really likes Derek Carr. At least he says he does. So I think that's encouraging. Um, 
look, these, these are sharp guys. I mean, McDaniels was the toast of the town when he got hired by Denver. It didn't really work out that well, but uh, second time around might be better. I mean, it was, it was certainly better for Belichick. He wasn't real good the first time around. And Ziegler, by all accounts, is a really sharp guy. So they're getting a Patriots tandem, if you will. And if there's, you know, if you want to model yourself after an organization in terms of plucking away their talent, that's not a bad one to go after. Right. Dave Kokins with us, wagertalk.com, longtime sports talk host. He's uh, on the podcast that we do, DC and the Sunshine Man, on Thursday night. We will do that this week. We've, uh, we've taken off a couple of weeks because uh, I've been on the road. Um, one other thing on McDaniels about having a good cast. Um, I'm just throwing it out there because it did happen in the past. Uh, when he got to Denver, he looked around and he's like, eh, Jay Cutler, don't love him. He traded Jay Cutler to the Bears, got Kyle Orton back. Is there any chance we see Derek Carr go to the Niners and the Raiders have Jimmy G as their quarterback? I guess it's possible. <laughs> yes. But I, I would say highly unlikely. Or it, uh, or it better not happen. Well, look, I, <laughs> Come on. Again, going back to what we said at the top of the show, and I'm not yeah. saying Derek Carr's an elite quarterback, but he's right. pretty good. Yes. And Garoppolo just isn't. I think there's, there, we've seen enough of Garoppolo to put him. He's in the 15 to 25 range, somewhere in there, as a starting quarterback, which means he's not horrible, but he's, he's just not championship level. Uh, Dave, I want to get your take on what's going on in the NHL, uh, particularly with the Knights. You know, we've been questioning Robin Leonard in terms of his uh, his effectiveness, and he was actually pretty good in his spots on the road, and they went on a really difficult road trip, and they came out okay. He he, he was terrific. I mean, he was outstanding in the game against Tampa. Uh, great win for them, even though they, they lost a 2 nothing lead. They hung, hung tough and won the shootout against one of the best goalies in the league. Uh yeah, I mean, if you're a Golden Knights fan, you've got to be really encouraged right now. They're getting healthy. Eichel's going to be joining the team at some point, and he is going to be a major force, one would think. He might have to shake off some rust uh, early on, but it's a big plus for the team. And look, the Golden Knights are serious contenders. I don't think there's much question about that. I still, however, uh, call me uh, stubborn, but I still have my doubts about Leonard as a guy who can carry them yeah. all the way to the Stanley Cup. But he certainly played well on this road trip. Well, then you might not like this take, um, considering the extensions that they just gave to Braden McNabb and Logan Thompson. I tend to think that the Logan Thompson one speaks volumes in that in order to get under the cap when Eichel comes, Brassois, I think there's a message sent by giving Thompson this contract, Brassois could go. Okay. You like that? I don't think it's a big deal. Look, Brossois done okay, but he's a backup goalie. So who's the better backup goalie if Leonard, you know, is it Thompson? Do you think that they're equal? It doesn't matter because you're not using your backup goalie in the playoffs. Really? If you you have to use your backup goalie in the playoffs – you're not going to be in the playoffs. Right. Uh, unless, unless you're the Golden Knights of last year where they oh, they had, But they had no two top-level goalies. Right. No, no, that's they had a 1-1-A. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, I'm not... I, I, I actually... I, and I do... Letter, it's not... It's not that I'm not saying he's a starting... Go, not a starting goaltender. He's certainly a starting caliber goaltender. I just don't know if he's an A-level starting goaltender, which I, you know, you kind of want in the playoffs. But that... Look, it's been done before. Teams have won Stanley Cups with starting goalies who got on real hot tears. And maybe Leonard could do that. I'm certainly not ruling it out. 
Well, I think that this 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 month is going to be good for them because of the fact that they they don't they have what four makeups two on the road two at home. They were going to have the whole month off after this game with the with the Sabers, and instead. Yep. So I think it's going to give them time not only to get healthy, get rest, get sharp, but it, it'll it be better for them to work Eichel in. As you mentioned, he's going to have to shake the rust in real-time game time. But in order to pull, you know, it, it, the fact that they'll be able to get some fast-paced practices in, uh, maybe some intra-squad scrimmages, no contact, if you will, but get him up to maybe a little game time speed. I think this month is going to benefit them tremendously with the fact they don't have that many makeups. Yeah, I, they, they, got, they got lucky as far as that's concerned. And, you know, some teams some teams have an, just an inordinate number of makeup games. It's not going to be good for them. So, yeah, things are kind of breaking right. But they do have to stay sharp because this division is turning out not to be the cakewalk that most people thought it was going to be coming into the season. There's some pretty good squads uh, in this division, and they've got to, they're going to have to fight scratch and claw to win the division and get that, uh, that home ice advantage. Dave, what are you more likely to bet? Several Super Bowl props or the Pro Bowl? Uh, probably neither, because okay. I'm not real, I'm not real, I don't do a lot of work on props. They're beatable, but I just don't have the time to get into them. And, uh, I thought the Pro Bowl was this past weekend. <laughs> I know. This which shows you how little I care. I'm not – I am such a terrible target audience for a lot of things. I also made some kind of a crack about Mahomes and got his insurance company wrong. Oh. All right. I guess advertising doesn't work in that case. No, it doesn't they, work. You haven't me. seen the commercial enough times? I mean, it's, it's, it's like five million times they played. No, I, I still thought I thought it was Allstate instead of State Farm. Oh. You know? Uh, that I've got an independent insurance agent, so I don't look upon. I, she gets me my my auto insurance deals, and uh, um, this year I'm with Flo. Oh, there you go. Okay, well I know that brand. Uh, well, you know, enjoy Patrick Mahomes while it lasts, because um, my guess is Rogers and Mahomes could be replaced soon by that insurance company by uh, Stafford and maybe uh, Joe Cool. Yeah, Burrow's going to do pretty well in the endorsement. Oh my front, God, yeah, no <laughs> doubt. Yeah, All right, pl- Dave, what do you got, Willie? Oh, I was just say definitely with the fur coat company. Uh, he's he's going to be huge. You're gonna if you, if you like Joe Burrow, you're going to see a lot of him between now and the start of next football season. Thanks, Dave. We appreciate it. Hi, man. See you guys. There he is, Dave Koken. Does Joe Burrow have the potential to surpass Baker Mayfield as an actor? As an actor? Well, I mean, you got to be able to act a little bit in these commercials. I mean, Mahomes' delivery in the insurance commercial talking about you know uh, Shreddy Betty and handstand. I mean, it's pretty good stuff. I think Joe. No one Bur- watches camera. Everyone looks at me. They're like, "What are you talking about?" I think Joe Burrow has the capability of doing anything that he wants after what he pulled off. Because come the off season, if it's acting, if for commercials, if it's if it's heck, if it's just commenting, just broadcasting, just after, let's say the Bengals don't make it, they bring him aboard. Because everybody's going to want a piece of this kid. I think everybody's fallen in love with this kid, and I think that he's going to be right for the NFL. Don't you think he'd be a shoo-in for Home Alone 14 for next Christmas as the adult Macaulay Culkin? More of Cofield and Company is on the way, live in the Finley Toyota Studios. You know, anytime as a player you walk out there and you see the crowd going crazy and the band playing, it, it, it definitely gets you going a little more than normal. So you know, whatever we got to do for the community in the city, you know, outside of the, the snarky win more answer, we'll, uh, we'll do it.
All right, we'll see what the attendance is uh, down the stretch here. Rebels, Lisa, with uh, some positive momentum. That was Kevin Kruger talking about the atmosphere at Colorado State. I, I got to tell you, I, when I do walk into arenas on the road, mm. and it's places like Utah State, Colorado State, and Boise State, I'm kind of like, I, I don't understand how these places are winning as much as they are. And UNLV seems to kind of be, you know, scrapping and clawing to try to get to that level. It's a long discussion we can have. But the other thing is, those three schools I just mentioned, Boise, not so much. They have attendance issues, but CSU is into their team. It was a Friday night, so that helped. But their gym holds 8,700. There were probably 8,200 there, 800 students, 1,000 students. Um, It got loud at times, but I'll tell you, the way they played, that was a crazy game. They got out to this big lead. They're up, what, 18 at the half? And then every time CSU made a run in the second half, it would get blocked, you know, at 18, I'm sorry, at uh, 16 or 14 or 12 points. In large part because Bryce Hamilton had a, just a ridiculous game. Uh, recalculating of the total, actually had 42 points. I think a three-pointer got awarded. His eighth three-pointer got awarded to someone else. But yeah, Mike Nuga made a big three. Justin Webster had some big shots. David Mooka played out of his mind. He's a you know a new big man to the program. He's playing tougher and meaner. Royce Ham had a good... A lot of good moments in the beginning of the game, so nice win. I hope they can build on the momentum. Um, I mean, Reno is very much into this game. I don't know about the offer group because they seem to be leaking oil real badly right now. Mm-hmm. They just got their ass kicked at home by Utah State. But if the Rebels can get a little momentum here, they're in this weird phase of the season, Willie, where now they have to play a big lineup. For you know, They can go small at times, but because Donovan Williams out, they couldn't play a big lineup early on. Now they're gaining confidence in... Uh, Victor Iwakur and Mwoka and Ham already. So now they can go with a double big lineup. It's just been this weird season of like different lineups and making adjustments. And I hope they get some momentum going down the stretch. Because, listen, if you have a Bryce Hamilton on your team and the surrounding cast is decent, yeah. you can beat a lot of people. Well, and you make mention about building on the momentum. I think that's been one of the issues is that in years past, you're wondering, okay, where is the team that that pulls off these wins and then they just disappear and they and they don't do anything and i think the stability and the structure that they have in Kevin Kruger and 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 maybe buying into his philosophy and 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 you you build off of a you don't just win a game like that at home but you go into an arena like you said where what else are you going to do on a friday night in fort collins right you're going to that's where they want to be so it's somewhat of a rabid fan base and they silenced it so you know, that's the answer is whether they can feed off of this momentum and, and roll with that. And I think this is the perfect game to, to, to follow that one. This is this is the big one. This is, you know, it's not, it's not a, they're not going to San Diego State. They're not going to Fresno. They're there not should welcoming not be a San letdown. There's, yeah, no, there's excuse no excuse for a letdown. For a letdown. This is perfect. And you mentioned earlier, hey, this is Reno. They're coming down. The Rebel fans, you student. But what about you old school Rebel fans, Steve Alford, there's a reason that you should want to be him. And it's not because he was a coach in New Mexico, but because he played for Indiana in the 1987 Final Four. So there's a lot of reasons that you should. And by the way, remember when TJ Altsberger got the job, Alford was spouting off in the local media saying, oh, you know, I didn't want the UNLV job. Mm -hmm. You're ass you didn't want the UNLV job. That is an outright fib. He wasn't considered. So he like there's a bunch of things. You're right. Just just all Reno itself should get people fired up, but Alford as the coach of Reno and the fact that the Wolfpack have had so much success against the Rebels should really piss 
people off. Call her 7 364 1100 364 Give away two tickets to see Slash. He's got the River is Rising Tour. February 19th is the show at the theater at Virgin. You can get your own tickets at virginhotelslv.com. Slash. Guns and Roses. Couple of tickets right now. Call her 7 364 1100 Again, February 19th. And uh, tickets start at just 35 bucks. We'll give away a pair of free tickets right now. A couple more things on uh, college basketball real quick. I keep using the term leaking oil. Mountain West is leaking a little bit here. As of the middle of last week, I think they had five teams on the top 69 in Ken Palm. Well, because now schools are going head-to-head. Yeah. Four teams ain't making the – it's not going to happen. Four teams ain't making the NCAA tournament. And and in many ways, the Mountain West Conference in the middle of the conference is going to screw the conference overall because the middle and bottom – like New Mexico and San Jose are not very good. Air Force can be a pain in the ass here and there. Technically, the middle of the conference right now is Air Force, Reno, and UNLV. So as we saw – Wolfpack are going to win some games. UNLV is going to win some games here. So the teams up top, Wyoming, Boise, Colorado State, and even San Diego State. San Diego State last week after that butt-whipping of the Rebels goes up to Utah State and loses by 18. So watch. It's going to – things will – because at one point it looked like seven or eight teams could make it from the West Coast Conference out of the Mountain West Conference. But we know the way that NCAA works. It's going to be really tough. And now BYU's getting – they just got upset twice in a row. San Francisco got their, you know, their butts kicked. Yeah. So, yeah. That, no, in the no, end, no. if if the West Coast and the Mountain West get six combined, I think it'll be a miracle. Five would be really good, and it may be down to four. The, Too much balance in these conferences. These teams you sent over the from from uh, the tweet updated bracketology. Yeah, this is one bracketologist. Last four in. I mean, the name that's shocking me right there just is is UNC. Yeah, because where were they earlier this season? Carolina, Creighton, Oregon, Florida. Last four in, first four out. San Diego State. People in San Diego are like, "Well, we're definitely bound for the NCAA tournament." <laughs> not if you don't. Not if you don't you, win the. You tournament. better get the fourteen wins. I think everybody in, in the, the Mountain West better wake up and, and and stop buying into where okay, we're getting two, three, we're going to get a couple of a bids. You better concentrate on winning the tournament. With the way that things are taking place, and like you said, with the with the, with the uh, the Nets and the the Ken Palm. Uh, those those power ratings are dropping, and they start beating teams. And those those middle tier teams that start getting better and improving, they're going to start knocking you down a notch. You're going to get you're, you're going to find yourselves on the outside. Zero in. margin for error. We'll Record look at the number of Mount West teams in the NIT, maybe. Opening numbers for the Super Bowl. John Von Tobel, Vsin is up next. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting with John Von Tobel. Von Tobel. You know, it's funny, on Saturday I had a friend from outside the market who's like, hey, can I get in on the uh, head coach-to-be market? Uh, I want to bet Josh McDaniels to the Raiders and was it Kellen Moore to the Dolphins? And I told him I, they don't really book that in Las Vegas. John Von Tobel's with us. John, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. Yeah, they they need to start adding stuff like that. Although there uh, there's been some controversy as to when those bets have been cashing. I don't know if you saw this. 
Uh, but oh, there are a yeah. couple of oh it, yeah, right. This yeah. is tell the audience this is crazy. So there's some uh, I, I, there's a couple of shots that, that are deciding not to cash these out until the first snap is taken in the regular season, uh, which is a little <laughs> is a little shaky in, in yes. terms of some judgment. And, you know, the excuse or the reasoning is like, oh, well, we don't want another Josh McDaniels situation. Well, for those who remember, Josh McDaniels allegedly took the Colts job and then what, like pulled a Belichick a, a day later or so and and decided to pull out of it when they had the press conference all set up. And so they go and get Frank Reich. Right. Well, the, the problem, though, is, is that like there's lots of other time between now and that. Like if you want to wait until like training camp opens, I guess you no, can make draft. that argument. Uh, you, you know, yeah, right. The draft, like whatever it is. I mean. Willie, I think my I think my argument would be like if I'm on the side of we want to wait to cash this right or pay this out, at least training camp is on field activities, right? We you can make the argument that head coaches don't really influence the draft depending on who it is. Okay, but regardless, my, it's shaky in terms of deciding not to pay this out once it's official that these guys have signed pen to paper. It's definitely shaky. My argument back to that would be, uh, shouldn't they pay it out when the guy gets his first paycheck? <laughs> Period. Oh, right. End of story. One. That's a good one. End of story. Oh, I trust me. I agree. Like, it, it, and it, it just it ties people's money up, and and really, it, it it is a lesson. Although it's a crappy lesson, it is a lesson that every time, no matter where you're shopping, is to check your house rules on things that you're betting, yeah. right? Because you have to make sure. We had this controversy a lot. There was the controversy. Uh, right in terms of uh, during the COVID era, when everything got canceled or postponed, how futures would work, how they would get paid out, when you would get paid out, if this was going to be rescheduled, do you still your your future ticket? Is that still alive? All these things. It's a lesson to check these these uh, house rules, but it gets into muddy water if nowhere in the house rules does it say, hey, this is when we're going to pay out this prop. Let's go with this rationale. Uh, Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler, head coach, GM with the Raiders. Upgrade. Upgrade from the past. I'm going to post an eight-and-a-half win total for the Raiders next season. What are you doing? I mean, I think I would – I mean, I tend to go under. I mean, I'm always an under guy when it comes to win totals anyway, so I think I'm going to lean toward that going under. But I just – like, is Derek Carr sticking around? What's the makeup of the defense, the staff, all of these things? Like, I, I still have so many more questions uh, off the top of my head. What's their schedule like, right? Is Aaron Rodgers coming to the division? Because if he is, that division gets a lot mm, tougher. If he's going to be a member of the Denver Broncos. Now you're talking about four games against teams, Kansas City and Denver, uh, in which you're talking about potentially double-digit win teams that are going to be Super Bowl contenders. So for me, at least at this point right now, it's too much of an unknown because there's so many other factors that go into it, but I would lean toward the under because it does look like the Broncos are the favorite to land Aaron Rodgers at this point. John Von Tobel, VSIN does the edge Monday to Friday, one o'clock. Uh, you said, is Carr here or not? Are you thinking Carr's going to ask for a trade or McDaniels will come in and, you know, pull what he did with Denver, look around and go, yeah, you know what? I, I don't want Jay Cutler. I don't want Derek Carr. We're moving on. I think it could be either one. I mean, look. I think, and I think this might surprise some people. If you're Derek Carr, right, aren't, aren't you looking around and being like, okay, well, you know, like, uh, do I want to be here? And as strong as that's going to sound, like, oh my, how can you say that about this team? Like, Derek Carr is a guy that can fetch, I think, a pretty solid return if you're a front office. And on the other end, Derek Carr is a guy who I think, if you're talking about a team, and I always use this example, and Steve, we've talked about it because they're my team, like the Colts, for example. You don't think a Derek Carr raises the floor immediately of the Indianapolis Colts to at least playoff team? Because I think he does. So I think if you're Carr, you look around the landscape and you see some of these teams like Indianapolis uh, uh, who seem to be a quarterback away, and you're like, you know, I could get that team to the playoffs. Like, there's a lot there, and I would be the cherry on top. And on the other side, you get a Raiders team. If you're looking around this roster, like, there's pieces here, but at the same time, uh, how close are we really to competing for a Super Bowl? I, I think it might behoove both sides to kind of move toward getting, not getting rid of, that's strong, 
but shipping him off for something, and it would benefit both parties. Carr would be able to go to a team that is immediately a contender, depending on who it is, and the Raiders would be able to fetch a return that they would be able to then build to their new regime. So on the flip side of that, let's just say Carr finds a new home. Who do you think Josh can bring in here? Does he go for somebody that he can build, or does he go for somebody that's seasoned and will work with him, as he put it today, to sort of grow him a little bit? Well, I, I would I would think that right it would stand a reason if we're going down this this path of Derek Carr's gone, uh, right? You wouldn't bring in then another veteran because it just why why not just keep Carr, right? Because right. uh, then you're just kind of floating around again and in, in that weird seven and what is it now seven and ten range or right nine and eight range. Uh, when I think if you're shipping off Derek Carr, you're going full into all right. We're we're starting this thing over. We're pushing the reset button. We're going to see if there's a guy in the draft that we want to bring in. You know, second round or late first round, whatever it is. However, they would maneuver in the draft, um, right, to bring in a guy that then build him up as a young quarterback. And this isn't a strong draft class, so maybe it's the wrong year to use this strategy. But I think that would be the case. Like if you're getting rid of Carr, you're kind of starting from square one. I don't think you're going from Carr to another veteran because the quarterback market this year, in terms of free agency. Outside of acquiring Aaron Rodgers, it's like a really ugly free agent class in terms of quarterbacks. John Von Tobel's with us. Did you win over the weekend on the NFL? Uh, yeah, it was a good weekend. I had Cincinnati. I took uh, plus seven with Cincy, and they obviously went out right. And then at halftime, went money line on the uh, Rams uh, to win that game. Although uh, going into the fourth quarter, down seventeen to seven, it did not look great. But you know, I liked the Rams, Steve, going into the weekend. It's just I didn't want to bite on three and a half. Right, just laying that kind of a number against San Francisco, how good they've been, how good they've been against Los Angeles Rams. Wanted to sit back, and I think I'd get a better opportunity. And sure enough, plus 110 on the money line for the Rams what got me home. John, i got to ask you real quick on that. You said about the three and a half. So when I do write-ups on um, NFL, if I write up something in that two and a half, three, three and a half range, depending, dog, would, uh, or favorite, I advise on that number. And I think I may have asked you this once during the season on the show, but your thoughts on buying the half point? You know, I'm not really a big fan of buying the half point, Willie, because it might seem like it's not that much. Uh, but in the grand scheme of things, I get that you're getting to a key number. Like, so, for example, right, uh, the uh, Bengals game. You know, there was seven and a half minus 120 out there, or there were seven. And I chose to just take seven and lay minus 110 because, you know, I felt in terms of the handicap that the Bengals would be able to stay within seven regardless. And I didn't really feel like I needed the hook. But the other is I just didn't want to pay the extra juice to get that half point. And that's just kind of always been my personal mindset. You know, the, the NFL, like the numbers are tight and maybe at times that is going to help you out. But if you're consistently buying points or half points, uh, then more often than not, uh, you're putting yourself in a position where it's just it's it's not advantageous to you. So I tend to lay off of buying points. I think I've done it like I can remember one time in the last two years that I've actually done it. And it was the Cardinals Cowboys game right after Dak Prescott went down last year. And I bought the uh, Cowboys up to three. And then I think they got smoked by the Cardinals. So it didn't, it didn't work. Oh boy. Do you believe there's zero home field for the Rams? Uh, I think there is slight. So we talked to the, uh, today to uh, Johnny Avello about this, uh, the, uh, the director of DraftKings. I think there's a home field in terms of you get to sleep in your own bed, you get in your own routine, like it's your home environment, right? Like getting ready for the Super Bowl is not foreign, uh, as opposed to having to go to a neutral city and staying in a hotel, doing all those things. You're at least being able to stay within your own little dojo, you know, in preparation throughout the week and the two weeks leading up to it. So I think there's an advantage there how much it's worth, like maybe a half point or so, but that's going to be a true neutral field. I mean, you it was almost a road game on Sunday. 
against the San Francisco 49ers. So outside of preparation advantages, I would think that it's not really worth that much in terms of actually on the field. I could be wrong, but the first of the two weeks they're at home and they get to do it, you know, they get to stay home. But I thought the week leading up, they have to check into a host to, like, as if they're the mm-hmm. guests and stay at the hotel. But I could be wrong on that one. I thought that's what I read last week with the Bucks. Okay. I mean, regardless, so, I mean, still, it, it does make sense because you are in your own city. You're in your own city, and I think you could still probably venture home, right? Like in free time mm-hmm. and do all that stuff. So yeah. you probably just got to stay at the hotel. Um, either way, it's it's a more advantageous position to just be in the town in which you got your season ready for and you play throughout the season. But at the end of the day, like you saw what that field was like. That was mostly red. That was a 49ers right. crowd. There was talk of them using a silent count there. Like on the field, I don't think there's going to be much of a difference, if anything. And the Bengals brought a decent crowd here to Vegas, so they'll travel well. Yep. John Von Tobel's with us. Let's close on this. Uh, MVP. There's not much value right now in Stafford or Burrow. Do we go Cup, Jamar Chase, and then go for a longer shot in actually Aaron Donald right now at some places, you know, same number as Jamar Chase. So what do we do? So, I, you know, you can make a case for Donald, right, given the offensive line for the Cincinnati Bengals and how bad it's been uh, and him having a massive game in terms of quarterback pressures and potentially taking Burrow down a couple of times, right? He could have a really big game, so you can kind of see that in the cards. I went a different direction. I, I saw Odo Beckham Jr. at 25 to 1 uh, to win Super Bowl MVP. Like, Ooh. if you're going to go outside of the quarterbacks, Odo Beckham Jr. had a really good NFC Championship game. And, and while the numbers in the playoffs haven't been explosive until this last round, he's been vital for them in key situations, grabbing some pretty big catches for them. I think Odo Beckham Jr. would be set to have a pretty good game here against Cincinnati, especially when Cooper Cup, given the targets and the volume that he gets, mm-hmm. is probably going to be right one of the primary uh, targets for this defense. If I'm taking a shot outside of Donald, I think it would actually be Odo Beckham Jr. You have to play it right now. Super Bowl MVP, quarterback minus 200, any other position plus 150. Quarterback minus 200. Really? It seems pretty – I mean, it just seems pretty cheap given the two quarterbacks that you have, right? And just the fact that – like, this sounds insulting. Voters aren't really that smart. Like, they're not going to look deep enough outside of Julian Edelman's performance, which he had, what, like 13 catches in that game against the Rams, right, the last time they were there. Outside of that, like – I don't think voters are really that smart to look past quarterbacks and realize that, hey, you know, player X had a bigger impact than the quarterback did. I mean, go back to the Colts when they won that Super Bowl. Donovan, uh, Dominique Rhodes should have won that Super Bowl MVP. He had over 100 yards rushing, and they still gave it to Peyton Manning through a pick and a touchdown. Uh, last one, update on the most important bet of the weekend. This is just for me to pat myself on the back. I don't know if you saw uh, Sam Paniotovich, who's on with us tomorrow. I did. Yeah, well, Sam, uh, you know, kind of the hashtag fake news guy, uh, didn't believe some of the projections – and it cost him. So uh, he said an over-under. He said uh, he will take under 20 inches of snow in Boston. And I happened to watch the Weather Channel that morning, and I just saw the Weather Channel people so geeked up that I figured they may just put a couple extra inches on the count. And as it turns out, it was an easy win. Over-under 19.5. Boston got 23.6. I had the over. Come on. Wait, did you just determine what the the unit of measurement or where it was measured? Like you, you guys have decided on an official outlet? Uh, we we decided on Weather <laughs> Channel, um, and then we never really decided on a town. But I think in the end, it was just Boston Logan Airport. And I'll say I got lucky because I did not want the airport, but I didn't specify. But the airport had twenty three point six inches. Yeah, good for you. So good there for you. you. How, Bo- hey, bottle how, of how much bottle of tequila. How much time you got? Uh, we got a minute. So I don't know if you – I wanted to send this to you. My email didn't go through. Um, have you seen this Jaron Jackson Jr. depoy movement we got oh, going boy. on? Yeah. Yes, I have. You guys are going ballistic on social media. You're actually getting pushback on it. 
Yeah, I got so for those who don't know, I have Jaron Jackson Jr. three hundred to one to win Defensive Player Ooh. of the Year. He's now down to twenty to one to win the award. Oh, here we go. And uh, he's doing really well. He's a really solid. But we yes. have been pushing this on social media like crazy, and uh, it has taken effect. Some of these books got down to as low as eight to one on his odds. Wow. He was three hundred to one not even a week and a half ago, and now he's down to as low as eight to one over at win. Who is his chief competition? Uh, Draymond Green, Rudy Gobert, and I think you can throw Mikhail Bridges in there. But Gobert and Green are hurt, and they haven't been playing. The door is wide open, my friend. JVT, I keep putting a specific thing on the rundown. It just gets ignored. These guys don't care about nothing that I have to say about the NBA. But I say the Grizzlies are a legitimate threat. I've been a fan of Taylor Jenkins ever since he came out here and decided to coach the NBA Summer League team because you never see that. And they rallied around him. The veterans came in. They bought in. They won that league title. Are they worth some money on a future? Uh, at this point, Will, you kind of missed the boat, right? Because they went on that big run. And the yeah. odds are really shrunk. But I will say this. I mean, outside of them being down by five to a Joel Embiid-less 76ers team right now, uh, Joe Ingles just got lost for the season for the Utah Jazz. The Golden State Warriors can't cover a number. Like, the West is wide open. I wouldn't be surprised if they represented the Western Conference at this point. I mean, Willie, I tried to save you from yourself on this one. I, I knew John was going to say it's not worth a bet. and you know, Of course you did. Yes. Yeah. I knew it. I knew it. John and I talking? No, nah, not really. Uh, John? We appreciate it. John, update people on your schedule. You're doing The Edge. Uh, what else are you doing? And obviously, make sure you mention what's going on in the mornings with your voluminous NBA information you send out. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I'm on The Edge Monday through Friday, 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific time. I have a uh, weekly podcast, uh, Harvard Handicappers, all about the NBA. And then every single morning, NBA market reports Monday through Friday. Uh, Write-ups of every game with uh, best bets. I think, uh, what are we, 57-46 on the season. So doing okay. The crew over at Finley Toyota speak Spanish, Thai, and even Persian. In fact, they speak 14 different languages. Come in and talk the universal language of big savings today.